Welcome to Blind Tag, the wrestling show for people who don't watch wrestling. I am your co-host, Ron Del Volano. And I'm your co-host, Matt Raddick. Thank you for joining me in the studio again on this fantastic Friday hey, evening, my, Matt. My pleasure, Ron. We normally do a Thursday evening record, mm-hmm. but it's Friday. I'm feeling loosey-goosey. I'm like going with the flow. Blind Tag nights. Blind Tag after like a, dark. N-I-T-E-Z nights. Like a, like a cool edgy 90s kind of blind tag yeah, with like a neon sign blinking in the background bzz, bzz. yeah bzz. like we're in the red light just, district just, of blind tag just add that in in post throughout just like a constant bzz. buzzing going i'm on. just gonna copy my little uh, my little clip right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Yep. i'm not gonna do that it'd be a nightmare for that'd you to be, listen to horrible yeah uh, so this weekend is uh here in sunny seattle washington emerald city comic-con it's here again, and I've, rearing its ugly head. <laughs> seriously, I've been there the last two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to some folks about wrestling, cool, uh, about comic books, mm-hmm. about uh, it's pretty much it. Cool, video games, I guess. Video games, a bit, yeah. A bit. Uh, and yeah, you're going with me tomorrow. Yep, Saturday and Sunday, I'll be there. Because uh, some of us are, uh, you know, working stiffs. Well, Got to work Monday through Friday. I took a couple days know? off of work to enjoy the comic convention. You know, you deserve a break, Ron. You work so darn hard. Ah, uh, I work. You work. I work like normal hours. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it's I go to there. Mm-hmm. You go there. You do your job. <laughs> I go there and do my job most days, and then I, uh, I deserve a break. There you go. That's. I mean, that's how this world works. That's how this wonderful world works. There uh, didn't seem to be a, an absurd amount of wrestling stuff there, but uh, no, uh, Lita's there. Lita's there. So yeah, that's cool. She's just uh, pile driving people. Yep. Just hanging out. And She's doing, just standing at the top of the escalator and just doing like, hurricane ranas <laughs> and doing moonsaults. It's great. Uh, yeah, I didn't meet her. I did. Uh, I did talk to some people who drew wrestlers. Cool. Nobody. Uh, nobody famous, I guess. I don't know. Does that I mean is anybody famous and really that famous in the world of comic books? Who do you think the most famous comic book person is? Probably uh, like Brian Michael Bendis or like Charles Schulz. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's got a bit of a following. <laughs> um, I don't know. Kelly Sue DeConnick's a pretty big she's deal. Pretty, she's a big deal. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, like yep. you said. Brian uh, K. Vaughan, I think, is kind of a big deal. Oh, uh, yeah. You could make Vaughan. the argument like Ta-Nehisi Coates, but he's he's not... I mean, he was like kind of famous-ish and then got into comics. Uh, I mean, there's like big, big Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Jack Kirby. <laughs> Jack, Jack Kirby. Nobody famous that does wrestling comics. Really. No, I, t- I talked to I talked to some really great folks about about wrestling, and sure. uh, some somebody had a "Don't Hinder Gender" mm. print. I'm really that excited I was, to see that. I'm yeah, it was cool. That it sounds great. It was really cool. I don't think that I can hang that in my house. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the joy of living with not by yourself. Exactly. Yeah, uh, would not match my tasteful decor. <laughs> Of your King Kong Skull Island poster <laughs> and your Black Panther poster? Yep, that's about it. What are you most excited about and looking forward to at the Emerald City Comic Con? Oh, man, uh, I don't I don't know. How uh, are you not prepared for me to ask you this? I don't. This is the only thing I have going on in my life right now. Well, I, I mean, I have some other things going on. And... <laughs> And uh, I'm a busy man, and I I, gen- I genuinely feel, like, very unprepared for this. Like, I went last year, and I only went for one day, and I remember being, like, I did not feel like I got to see enough stuff. And so I was, like, definitely going to buy tickets right away this year. Uh, I'm going with my girlfriend this year, uh, and so, like, we're going to do stuff together. We didn't go together last year, so that's, like, going to be kind of fun. But I You're think, talking about me. Yeah, right. But I think, like, I'm mostly, I don't know, just, like, walking around and seeing stuff. Like, last year... 
I ended up talking to a lot of like just artists that I hadn't heard of and hadn't met before. Sure. Largely due to the fact that I was walking around with you and that's the thing you do at cons. Yeah. Uh, so I want to do more of that because it's not something I would normally do. Walking the, up, talking to strangers is not something I'm very comfortable doing at all. And so I, I want to do more of that and meet more cool people that make cool art like this Don't Hinder Ginger poster. I'm very bad at talking to strangers as well. Um, you do much better at it than I do. Uh, the, the, see, the, the comics industry is weird because I sort of have an in uh, being part of it, so I, I have like something inherently to talk about. Sure. But like at least twice today, I was talking to people, and then it got to a point where I was like, I feel like I'm being real awkward, mm -hmm. and so I need to cut this conversation short. Mm -hmm. And then me cutting the conversation short was probably the most, the most awkward, awkward thing that I could do. do. Yeah. So um, I always try and take solace in the fact that I'll probably never see or talk to these people ever again. That's true, but I I, I like the idea of building relationships with people whose art I like. Sure. So if you are listening and I talked to you at Emerald City Comic Con, I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> that I wasted any of your time. <laughs> sorry for being awkward. Sorry for wasting your time. Whether or not you enjoyed the conversation, I, I apologize I for being you, there. I really enjoyed, enjoyed talking to you. You probably could have had a better conversation with somebody else. Sure. Just in general. <laughs> um, I will say the worst thing on the planet happened to me mm -hmm. today. What's that? Uh, I was, as I was leaving... Okay. I was on an escalator going down. You got German suplexed by Brock Lesnar. No, it was by Lita. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Uh, no, there was a, there was a there were two guys behind me, mm -hmm. and I could hear them. And one of them said, "I I, I wrote the quote down in my phone as I was <laughs> on the escalator, so I hope they didn't see me." Yeah. One of the guys said to the other, "Did you see the crazy smoking hot female Flash chick on the boat?" And I was like, wow, that was the worst combination of words that anybody's ever said about another person. And then he was talking about some woman who was cosplaying as the Flash and wearing like a oh. like a sexy leather Flash sure. cosplay. Sure. And I was just like, wow, this is terrible. Yeah. And See, then I, I heard Flash and I just thought that it was a Flash animation of like a hot girl on a boat for some reason. <laughs> that could also be a thing at Comic-Con. Uh, but then to make it worse, the escalator stopped. Oh, no. <laughs> And, and have you ever been on an escalator the moment that it stops? No, I have not. No. It does not slow down it's to like, up. yeah. Oh, it's it's instant. Mm -hmm. And everybody on the escalator goes, oh, and falls forward a little bit. And then for oh, the gosh. next oh, hour, you oh. feel like your guts are inside out. Oh, that sounds horrible. I'm thinking about like that fear of falling on top of all those other people. And, oh, yeah. Like, oh, it is. Uh. It was terrible. Do you, do you <laughs> get like the... I'm I'm older now, and so I get like equilibrium <laughs> issues when I get off of an elevator. Do you? I do you experience? You're older now, and you have some incontinence issues, or maybe you yeah. <laughs> I I just pissed myself. I pissed all over everybody on the escalator below me. Sure, sure. Uh, no, do you do you ever feel sick when you get on and off of an elevator? No, not really. Oh, I get that all the time. Yeah. This was like that, but ten times worse. Because I, I was like I was in motion, but mm -hmm. I wasn't moving, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I was not. And all of my guts just flipped inside out and upside down. And you threw up all over these these guys. I threw that up were all over the hot girl. Everything, and I pissed my <laughs> pants. It was the worst. I did have that sensation uh, in Black Panther. When you when you the, pissed your pants. I pissed my pants. Yeah, there's that. There's a scene 
uh, where a guy is walking into the throne room. I feel like I shouldn't spoil this movie because oh, I know what exactly what you're talking they about. They do though. this really really cool shot where the whole camera rotates like 180 degrees, like oh, while yeah. it's following this guy, which we is were, cool. And, and all. we were in the fucking IMAX. Yeah, we saw it in IMAX, and it was like I felt like the whole room was moving, and I definitely had to like close my eyes during that shot because it was very very unnerving. Yeah, it was that was <laughs> an actual like I was nightmare. Going to flip over. You did, and I did, and now I'm here. Now we're here recording a podcast about it. And here we are. Talking about some more sweet flips. Something else that I experienced, which this was more, it just made me hate this person. Two people. Okay. Uh, I don't hate anybody. That's a lie, but I hate these two. So what happened was there was a, like a photo booth situation. Okay. And there was a guy by himself in it to getting a photo taken in front of like some backdrop or whatever. Sure. And uh, like after he was done taking the photo, a woman picked something up off of like a table that was kind of nearby and she said oh is this yours because he had left like when he went to get his photo taken he had left his merchandise somewhere else sure and i from where i was standing i could tell that it was a very sexy drawing of like a fox woman oh no and the guy was like oh yeah that's mine thanks so much and then what he said was i swear i'd lose my head if it wasn't attached to my torso which is like the most benign, yeah, banal right, thing right. that you can possibly say. And the woman cracked up laughing. Oh she loved that joke so much <laughs> about the man almost losing his fox porn picture <laughs> and then just dropping the most, like, granddad. Not even a joke. Who says that? I yeah, would lose right. my head if it wasn't... I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed onto my body. Yeah, right. Get That's, it? I, I mean, I get it. You yeah. didn't laugh, though. It's not funny. <laughs> How? What... I, d- I didn't understand. Like, I watched this entire transaction in front of me, mm-hmm. and I was just like, wow, you two are the fucking worst. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, this is the thing I'm most looking forward to going to this con, is I just really like p- the people watching. It's very entertaining. It is. Everybody's a, cool a, everybody there is good, and I love all of them except for those two. Except for those two. Well, those four. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The guy, the, the leather the guy. Flash the Leatherman. Yeah. The oh. Leatherman. Ugh. Yeah. I, anyway, that's Comic-Con. So that's if you're Comic-Con. in Seattle and you uh, are listening to this somehow... You won't. It's too late. Yeah. You're going to be listening to this on Monday. So if you were in Seattle and at Emerald City, say hi to us next year. Yeah. Maybe. You probably should have punched me. You probably should have should have punched us, should have tripped us. Hey, it was kind of a big week for wrestling, too. We should probably, uh, you know, talk a little mm. bit about that as well. We talked about Lita. Well, sure. Yes, that's... She's wrestling. Yeah, she didn't really do anything this week besides be at... She MLC signed some Comic-Con. books, I assume. Probably. Signed some photographs, I'm sure. You can apparently take a selfie with her, so... Uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't do that. So, or I'm not, well, I know that I'm not going to, I'm speaking from the past, but I know that I didn't do that. <laughs> anyway, should we talk about the actual wrestling? Can we talk about the actual wrestling? Yeah, if you want. Where do, where do you want to start? Well, I feel like we got to kind of talk about Elimination Chamber a little bit, because oh, that happened. Fuck Elimination there's Chamber. Some, there's some, uh, there's some results to dive into. What did you think of Elimination Chamber? What did you think of the of the chamber, <sighs> chamber itself? Okay, the idea of the actual Elimination Chamber event was pretty cool. I didn't hate it. Sure. Uh, quick quick recap of that, I guess. It's like we've talked about on previous shows. Mm-hmm. It's the normal ring, except the, the sides are extended out, and then in each corner there is a 
a glass pod. It's just a like a square, a cube yep. that yep. The, that a wrestler is is locked into. And then after like five minutes, I guess, of, of fighting, another wrestler is randomly selected and entered into the match. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember if there's like a. I don't think there's a very set time limit. I think it's just kind of like when. when I think I think comes. there is because I I looked into it and I think mm-hmm. there is like a finite. It's like five or two minutes or two is for, uh, two is for Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. Then I think it's five minutes. Okay, cool. Um, Makes sense. I could be. I could be wrong. Who cares? I don't care at all. You know that. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So uh, progressively through the match, more more players enter. But it's a very. It's in the men's match. It was seven. In the women's, it was six. Right. That's all I have to say about it. You got. Did you think it was cool? Did you think the whole the whole gimmick was cool? Was I, it the yeah. first time you've seen a match like this? Yeah, it was the first time I saw an Elimination Chamber match. I thought the gimmick was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty fun. There were yeah. some nice little moments. There was uh, some cool spots. There uh, was some good wrestling. Uh, I think Finn did a did a diving or a double foot stomp thing, whatever. The coup de gras, that's what they call it. He the did worst fucking finishing move on the planet. It's I not, could do the coup de gras. Are you kidding great. me? Let's talk about finishing moves a little bit. Because I have some issues with some finishing moves. I think... One of my biggest issues with Roman Reigns is that I, is I really hate his finishing moves, like the spear, the spear, and the Superman punch. Like I feel, and and I think the same is true of the diving devil foot stomp, uh, is, or the coup de gras, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> uh, it has a it name, does Matt. A, it does have a name. I just like I feel like in wrestling you should do a wrestling move to finish your matches rather yeah. than a, a football move or just a kick, like. It's not even a kick. Finn jumps up on the top ropes and then jumps off of them. Yeah, like right. like a child. Like yeah. he doesn't do anything. Literally, I could do that. Except I'm terrified of heights. I couldn't do it. Sure. Yeah, but I could do that. I'm not scared of heights. I'd be very fearful of rolling my ankle. That's my biggest concern whenever I see yeah. a coup de gras. Seems like a real good way to to roll the old ankle. You know. How do you not just break a rib every time you receive a coup de gras? I think you're just strong. Is the thing. You just flex your abs. Yeah, and we're you... not very strong boys, well. and so you know, we we I think we would we would suffer some injuries here. I don't know. I mean, I think like the point of impact. Like, I think like Finn kind of is like rolling backwards as he's landing. Sure. So he so, he rolls out of it. So yeah. you're not getting the full. Yeah, you know like when you like like you you yeah you jump down and you kind of like you know you you like land on both feet, but you like kind of gingerly land on one of them or something like that. I feel like I I don't no. know, I don't know <laughs> this at all, but like, I I think of it more like you that, know how like when your foot's asleep, yeah, and you go to stand up and you got to start walking and then you just don't really put any. I weight don't think on that's that it. Is that's asleep? I don't think that's it. What? What do you mean? I don't think that's the one. <laughs> when your foot's asleep? Uh, I don't. I, I, how is that anything like jumping off of the top ropes and well, landing I'm on just, a man's chest? I'm just saying you are capable. Of like not putting all of your weight onto one of your feet. The way I I, I imagine it works is more of like the momentum trick where, you, like, you used to do this as a kid, where you're laying on the ground and then mm-hmm. somebody else is like walking and they step on your stomach as they're oh, walking yeah, across exactly. and they're but like you don't really feel it yeah. as the person laying on the ground because the momentum. That's exactly it's centripetal force. Is that, the... is that how centripetal force works? It's <laughs> no. the like I'm spinning this water <laughs> bottle and you see the. Uh, the water is staying up, even though it's the <laughs> momentum of the of the water is moving with the bottle. Yeah, it's defying gravity. You it's, might say. Uh, yeah, that's how Finn's uh, feet work, like a witch, like a witch, like a witch in a musical, like a witch in a musical, defying gravity. Uh, that's exactly what I was saying about that the, about the foot being asleep thing, Ron. You just fool. No, well, I did better. <laughs> so well, go ahead. What do you, what do you have to say about finishing moves? Was that it? I think that's mostly it. Is I just think that like I I I. 
I've for a while been like, I don't like Roman's finishers, and there's a handful of finishing moves I don't like, and I think it's because of that. But, I mean, I feel like the coup de gras at least has, like, some, some panache in, involved in it. I feel like uh, the, the blackout that, that Rollins does, the curb stomp, you know, it's got some, it's got some panache sure. involved a, in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not just, like, you're being, you're being tackled. And, like, I guess the only panache involved with Roman's move is just, like, roaring ahead of time. I think the, the Miz's finisher, the, uh, oh, what's it called? Skull-crushing finale. Skull-crushing finale. It's very funny because it's, like, it takes a little while to set up. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, like, the other person really has to buy into oh, it. Yeah, the person absolutely. on the receiving end has to buy into the skull-crushing finale. I think that is one thing that, like... If if you were to receive that in real life, like an ungimmicked, that would be a very very painful thing to have. Oh, to if you. He, if he did it like because you just smash like your an, face directly to the ground. Right. If, if if the Miz could do it like an RKO out of nowhere, like yeah, just yeah. run up to next to somebody and do a scr- skull crushing finale, that yeah. would be devastating. Horrible. But the way he does it is like a let's prop this guy up. Yeah, let's kind of wrap his arm around safely. me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the same is kind of true of the Styles Clash now too. Of like it. It, there's so much that goes into the setup for it that it's just like, okay, this definitely is like not that big of a deal. That's AJ Styles' finisher? Yeah, and one of wh- his... What exactly is that one? So, so... <laughs> He's got the phenomenal forearm where yeah. he just punches you in the face. Which, again, somehow works because of the theatrics, I think. He, like, jumps off a rope and exactly. does it. It's, like, sure. pretty cool. If, like, Roman did, like, a jumping off of a rope spear, it would be certainly more yeah. impressive. Anyway, uh, I've never really liked the spear. It was Edge's finishing move for a while. It was Goldberg's finishing move for a while. It's just never really been that cool to me. Anyway, the Styles Clash is uh, one one the the boy who is receiving the Styles Clash is upside down, and uh, AJ Styles puts his legs, puts oh, the guy's legs over talking. each yeah. shoulder, and then he puts his legs around the guy's arms. And then he just kind of jumps and falls on his face. Right, yeah, which sure. means that the other guy fall, jumps and falls on his face. But like, it takes so much like build up and cooperation. It's like a weird reverse sixty nine thing, and then you just oh, smash okay. the guy. Okay, <laughs> let's keep let's keep this uh, out of the blue zone, there, Ron. Oh, not like AJ. Not like Ray. Well, yeah, he's a very blue boy. Not like Ray J. Is that what you were <laughs> to put Ray J on blast? No, that was just you. <laughs> that was just your own brain, uh, your own brain's path there. Um, the, the AJ Styles and John Cena had a match this week. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, they did the style the, a lot of people have complained that the style Clash when it was in new Japan and like ring of honor and stuff was a like very devastating move, uh, and treated as such. But since it's been in WWE, it's like a very like nonchalant, like it, it there's like never been a match that AJ has won with a styles clash. And I, that was put to so much of a point this week that it, they, they cut, came back from a commercial and like did a little cutaway, like in the corner video. That's like, while you were gone, AJ styles did a styles clash. Oh, like that, they just like, they did it during the commercial break. Now that's like how little it matters anymore. I don't like the idea of like, this is my finishing move and I, it doesn't finish matches. Like yeah, it defeats right. the purpose of not not like not just specifically with the styles clash like maybe they like if you're just saying this isn't a finishing move this is just like one of his signature moves right yeah but like a finishing move should always finish the match like if you if you see the setup for this it should always end the match like it should be a big deal when it doesn't like that's a that's like a braun Strowman thing like he gets up halfway through like cena's five moves of doom or whatever they're called yeah look at you learning the language is that what it's called five moves of doom yeah wow okay I mean, that's like an unofficial title, but yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think the other thing that would be interesting is if they let people win more matches without their finishing move, because it would make their 
Like, now when you watch a match, it's like, okay, I'm waiting for Brock. You're waiting for the Banks statement. You're waiting for the Banks statement. I don't know that I've ever seen Sasha Banks win a match without uh, putting somebody in a bank statement submission move. It's like, I think it, 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 I feel like those moves should almost be treated as like, this is like, you know, the, the most powerful arrow in my quiver, but like, I'm only gonna, gonna pull it out in like an extreme situation. Sure. Because it's like, uh, this is the only way that I can win this match. It should almost be like a special occasion when you see like a move that devastating. Yeah, absolutely. But like, especially with the guys that are so frequently, uh, like booked to win, like you know, as soon as Roman hits the 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 spear, like the match is over. Like nobody kicks out of the spear, right? Like right. no one. It used to be that no one kicked out of the AA when Cena does it, but like now that that happens. Now everybody does it. Yeah, it's it's just it's passe now. Uh, everybody's doing it. Anyway, that's all I really have to say about finishing moves. But well, it's a lot. Yeah, I did think <laughs> that it was pretty dumb that uh, during the whole men's elimination chamber match. Uh, Braun Strowman, like, destroyed everybody throughout the whole match. He eliminated six of the, or five of the six participants, and then, you know, Roman hits, like, two Superman punches, two spears, and then the match is over. Like, Yeah, oh, yeah. Braun was, like, totally in great shape, yeah. and Roman was pretty in fucked up. In control of this match. Yeah. And, like, destroying everybody. And then all of a sudden, Roman just got, he got the power of Superman. He got the power of Superman within him. Uh, yeah, this, I, I mean, WWE is really, like, kind of backed themselves into a corner with this whole thing because like i mean as we discussed going into it like roman was gonna win this match and like everything was pointing to that um but they also wanted to make sure that braun especially looked really good throughout this and so it's like how do you make these how do you like how do you make braun look good in the way that braun looks good which is by like destroying everybody and doing these crazy feats of strength while also letting roman win the match they're like very incongruous ways for like like both people can't be successful in this right you need to put both of these guys over but only one can be the winner right i wish that they would have done something i mean it was really cool for braun to get the 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 rub in that way and to get so much like exposure and do so much cool stuff in that match but i do wish that they kind of would have ended the match when it was like all you know five other participants like team up on him and and eliminate him at once because that would have at least worked like like five people can defeat one guy. Okay, that's how you could. Yeah, but Braun. seeing Braun kick out of like a four guy it pin was, was pretty dope. It was really really cool. But yeah, I mean, it also like he can kick out of four guys pinning him, but not. But he of... can't kick out of one Roman Reigns pinning him. It's just it's just some some bonkers storytelling. This uh, this has really bothered me while watching the actual pay per view. I I made a grand proposal about Ronda Rousey entering the women's elimination chamber match and and winning it, entering and winning. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. The the women's elimination chamber match started the show. Yeah. I I just felt like I was frustrated because I feel like whenever the WWE has an opportunity to do something interesting, yeah. they just don't take yeah. it. Yeah. The thing that I proposed, everything like it was based on not yeah. just wild conjecture, but like they had been building up to that. They had like implied, like, oh, Asuka hasn't announced who she's going to fight yet, what champion it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ronda Rousey is entering the WWE at this event where they're also hosting the first women's uh, elimination chamber, where the title is on the yeah. line. Everything was lining up for them to do this, and they just fucking didn't. Yeah. And it was really frustrating. And it wasn't even frustrating because I was wrong about it. Which uh, I'm sure well, a lot of people are thinking. Well, here I was a little frustrated because you were wrong. It, but it was frustrating that the WWE didn't take the opportunity to do something interesting. Because I will tell you, 
every other match on that card, I picked the most predictable, boring option as the winner, and I got every other one right. Sure. And I won that one against you. I don't know. We didn't really talk about that. I did win that, so I am the current title holder for the Blind Tag Tag Team Championship. Congratulations. But it's because I picked the most fucking boring results for all of them, and the one that I was like, hey, they could do something cool, they just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Look, I have been in this position for many years of my life. It's it's it is I, a common pratfall of like trying to fantasy book these shows. Like it's it's very easy in hindsight to be like frustrated that they didn't do the super cool thing because like in hindsight it's like oh it's really easy how they could have gotten there. But like I mean, first of all, there's a lot of like practical reasons why stuff like that can't work out. Like we don't know that Ronda is ring ready, and I think with how much they've invested in Ronda, they really need to put like set her up for success in big ways. And while I think doing putting her in a multi-person match is a good way to do that, the elimination chamber is like a very like specific and complicated match. And sure. It, 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 it's not. It's not just something any you know Joe Schmo can walk into and be successful in. I mean, I think, but even... it's also you, there are many participants. Like sure, the spotlight right. isn't one hundred percent on you. It's not a one on one match. Right. Like sure, there are weirder rules and stipulations, but it's not all dependent on. Like there, there are times in the elimination chamber where somebody's just standing in the corner, like yeah, waiting right. for their turn to punch somebody else. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, especially with the finish that you proposed, Ronda has to come into that and look really, really good. She's got to destroy everybody so that she can take the win. So that does require a good amount of spotlight on her. Um, and it also requires her to to just be able, like, in some ways to be able to carry that match. And I think that if she was just sort of shotgunned into it, we could, there would be a lot of people complaining, probably myself included, that says that that move, similarly to how the decision with Roman Reigns kind of buries the rest of the men's roster, shotgunning Ronda into that and saying she's suddenly the best wrestler in the world, unproven, like, that also doesn't make the the rest of the women's roster look very good at all. It, like, kind of invalidates, you know, like, Alexa's whole run as the champion. It, invos- it like, in some ways invalidates Sasha and Bailey's whole careers. Cause, like, sure. There are two people that have, you know, I mean, Alexa is this too. They've worked their way up the ranks. They've proven to be successful through NXT and proven to be re- really, really good. And for someone to walk in without a single, you know, wrestling match under her belt and be able to beat all of them, it just, it, it invalidates all of your other people. I get that. I'm just, I'm just frustrated as a casual, as a casual viewer of this, as somebody who's even like, as somebody who's not even really a fan of this, yeah. I like, yeah. it's just frustrating to see any type of company doing a bad job with their property, I yeah, feel like. right, right. It, yeah, I mean, when you when you get excited for, like, you know, a big movie or a big story that's being told and then it gets told in an unsuccessful or unfulfilling way, it's it's certainly very frustrating. I think the other... It's, it's unfulfilling because it's predictable, though. Sure, right, it is, yeah. And I, and I totally get that. I wonder how much of that is to be, like, we, as, like, consumers of culture have become conditioned to a twist now like now it's like when we when there's not a plot twist we're like disappointed which like we're disappointed when something's not interesting is, well, that, what I, you're, is that what you're saying <laughs> i mean uh, i think that things are interesting, loosely interesting without a twist like they they can be i mean that's that's not entirely fair like there are straightforward stories that are told well i like you know black panther for example is like a pretty you know straightforward like good guy versus bad guy kind of story and like you know 
in the end. Like, there's the, some more nuance. There's a lot than of nuance that. in that movie. It's just the the last movie that I've seen, so it's the first thing <laughs> that I'm thinking of. But like, I mean, a lot of superhero stories and stuff like that, like Thor Ragnarok, for example, like doesn't have like. There's not a lot of twists and turns in that. There's a you know the, the 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 good guy gets sent to a place and he's got to like struggle and fight and like find his way to get back and and conquer evil. You know like good ends up triumphing over evil. That's not a there's not a lot of like nuance in there or anything like that. But yeah, but it, it was told in a very good way. Yeah, but what a good movie. It was a really really good me? movie. Yeah. Ragnarok was so good. I just I think that WWE needs more t- uh, takeaway TD in it. And, oh my and god! That'll, and that'll somehow make the the whole series better. He's so handsome and good at making movies. He is. He's very funny too. He the is. other thing I will say is I think that I've been thinking about this a lot. This WrestleMania season in particular seems to really be it, it's coming together very slowly. Like I I feel like I, I I can't remember for sure, but I feel like at this time last year there was a lot more of the WrestleMania card was figured out, or a lot more of these feuds were in motion, but. Now there's like still so many question marks yeah. in the air, which is which is I think a lot of it is due to outside forces, and I think it's like they don't know exactly what they're doing with Ronda Rousey yet. They don't know exactly what they're they doing. They know John what they're Cena. doing with Ronda Rousey. Well, I think they do, but I don't think they know who her partner is going to be. Yes, like, they do. I don't think it's going to be Kurt. It's got to be Kurt. I get it, but I, I just I don't think it's I I think that they want something. I think Kirk is Kurt is the last resort. I think that they have. They, Who they else are they going to partner her with? Are they just going to do her versus uh, Stephanie McMahon? Well, I, no, I think it's going to be a mixed tag match. Yeah. I think regardless. Because, again, it gives a way for Ronda to kind of get out. If she, if you she think Jason Jordan's going to be back? The son of I think Jason Jordan's going to be back. Okay. We I, need to I, take like, a step back. Okay, sure. There's there's a lot to talk about That's true. off of following Elimination Chamber. We need to talk about what's going on with Roman Reigns. He cut a very good promo this week. He did. We need to talk about what's going on with John Cena. Mm -hmm. He cut a very bizarre promo this week. We need to talk about what's going on with Ronda Rousey. I also kind of want to touch on The Miz and Braun Strowman, who who had interesting weeks. Let's talk about Ronda, though, because that's the direction that we're going in at Elimination Chamber. She was about to sign her contract to join the WWE when all of a sudden... Kurt Angle snitches. Yeah. And you know what happens to snitches? They some real bitches. They they get no? punched in the face by Triple H. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's the classic saying. The classic saying, yes. Snitches get punched in the face by, by Triple, Triple H. H. Yeah, so they were going through the contract signing, and basically Kurt was trying to say that uh, Stephanie and Triple H are kind of manipulating Ronda. He said had some choice words to say about how, how the whole situation went down. Uh, basically was sort of revealing some uh, behind-the-scenes conversations that were happening that were basically trying to say that Triple H and Stephanie were trying to take advantage of, of Ronda, um, which pissed Ronda right off. Uh, she did not, did not want to feel like she was being made the fool or taken advantage of. Uh, so she responded pretty angrily. Uh, she put Triple H through a table. It was good. Stephanie slapped her, which was also pretty good. Uh, but then she did sign her contract, so she is officially a Raw superstar. At this okay. Point. Why? The the quote from Kurt Angle was that Stephanie and Triple H said, "Now we own the bitch." Yeah. Right. Right. And then, uh, and then, as as you said, Ronda put Triple H through a table, and right, Stephanie right. smacked her, and this whole thing went down. But then Ronda still signed the contract. Now, if somebody had said, <laughs> "I now own you," yeah, would you then say? All right, I'm going to come work from you and destroy you from the inside. Yeah, right. or is that how you would react well, to that? I mean, I, 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 I that was know. a little unbelievable. It was, me. it was a little bit. I mean, I don't think that. 
I mean, I think this is maybe Ron. Like, okay, so maybe I think in real life I would have gotten like a lawyer to maybe look over that contract, <laughs> or at least like emailed it to my dad or something like that, because I can't actually afford to hire a lawyer to do anything for me. But like, I, I so yeah, I think unfortunately that that's part of it. Rhonda's dad, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, mm, yes. is no longer with <laughs> us. No longer with us. Could no longer read that contract. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a little bit unbelievable, but it's also like you, I mean she came here to fight and she's gonna now she's gonna fight like she's gonna like she's got to somehow be a part of it in order to to do it like I, do, I think but it's I not a very compelling story for her to be like and now I won't sign this contract and I won't join the WWE after all like, I think a compelling story is her saying fuck you I'm not signing the contract and then she just keeps showing up to like kick Triple up. H's ass yeah. that'd be a compelling story to yeah. me until she like. Basically, like, contract negotiations where she just shows up to punch somebody in charge. <laughs> we just get a lot of vignettes shot into in boardrooms of, of Rhonda staring over at Stephanie McMahon as their lawyers talk at each other. Yeah, that'd be, uh, be a very compelling uh, compelling story. Do, like, a cool procedural drama about yeah, yeah. Ronda Rousey joining the WWE. I mean, I will say that I think that there are two stories that need to be told here simultaneously. Because, like, you have to tell the story of, like, Rhonda, you know feuding with the authority and all that kind of stuff but simultaneously it's it's very important that that the wwe uses this time to get wwe fans to like ronda rousey yeah i mean they've already got six shirts for her on sale people are buying it well yeah but i mean like you can print shirts but that doesn't mean that people are going to buy them and you can print shirts but that doesn't mean people are going to are going to cheer for them how many shirts do they print for print for john cena how many shirts do they print for roman reigns and nobody likes those people like they get booed out of the stadium every week like Merch sales aren't everything. They need to make sure that she's being received well on television. So, so they brought her on television. So they brought her on television. She came back on Monday night to kind of kind of sort out the the difficulties here. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie came out. They trotted Kurt out and made him apologize and say that he had double pneumonia <laughs> and therefore uh, was out of it. He of said sorts. he lied. Yeah, he said he lied about the whole thing. What a what a bizarre. Just twist. I mean, he's he's under the thumb of the authority, and there, and then he's he said he can't lose this job. He's got to submit to his corporate overlords. We've and all then been he, there. And then We've he all submitted. Had to compromise our uh, our personal beliefs in order he, to get a paycheck. He did submit when Triple H punched him in the chest or whatever. Punched he did. him right in the face. Yeah, that whole sequence was very strange because Kurt definitely realized he was like out of position, so he just kind of like stepped into the frame and just like <laughs> looked little little dopey for a minute, and then Triple H punched him in the face. It was all. It was all very strange. So Rhonda's but Stephanie also part apologized to Rhonda very aggressively. Very aggressively apologized. Aggressively, but also sincerely. I like, know. At first, I was like, "Uh oh, this is like she," because she she got up in Rhonda's face yeah. and was like, "I'm sorry, I'm Rhonda. Terribly sorry." And, but then it was like a genuine apology. Yeah, like it continued it like, from there. Yeah, it like sounded like it was going to be like a very like dripping in sarcasm. Right. Like, I, I'm fighting with you, but I guess I'll apologize because that's what you want, kind of thing. Like it, it was bad. It was. It was not. It was not great. But. But, I mean, I thought Rhonda was really, really good on the mic. The thing with Rhonda was when she first showed up at Elimination Chamber, she tried to kind of cut this promo about how, you know, thankful she was to be here, how she wanted to earn the respect of the WWE universe, all this kind of stuff. Just crying a little bit. Well, yeah, it seemed very emotional. This is a dream come true. Nice. Which I, I think was very, very sincere. Uh, but then when things started to go awry in that scene, she got very stone-faced and was just, like, glaring at Stephanie and didn't say another word. Um, then when she came back on Monday, she talked a little bit more was also very angry and was just saying like, I am no one's property. Like you're not going to own me. Uh, 
and I demand that you apologize and, and et cetera. And she was, she was really, really good. I thought that she was very like my biggest concern coming out of elimination chamber was that I don't know how much this person is going to be able to carry a marquee feud and a marquee sure. story because they don't seem to have the mic skills. But I think that she did. I mean, it's one promo. It but was fine. I think it was good she enough. Did, she did well. With it wasn't that. great. I'll like, let's be honest. It wasn't great. No, it was, she's it not wasn't, great on the it mic. Was not the best promo on Monday night by any means, but, uh, but you know, I thought it, I thought it was fine. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that's where we're at. We seem to be building towards some kind of. We're, I mean, based on what we've seen, it's obviously building towards a Kurt and Rhonda versus Stephanie I and think Triple the H. Kurt portion is a little, little less obvious. It's going to be some kind of uh, mixed why, gender why match. Though? I just, I mean, he's been like such a such a part of this. He's he's been the snitch. He got punched in the face by Triple H. Like, do you think that's it? They're just going to leave it at that. I think I think he's just going to have to like sort of roll over and and, and play that. I mean, maybe I'm just wishful thinking because I just don't think that that is an interesting story. Like, it's not an interesting story. But Kurt you're... has his character has only looked like a doofus in this. He hasn't looked like a, sure. like a you know a, a knight in shining armor that's been like standing up for his employee or anything like that. No, he's just looked like an idiot. Like who who spoke out of turn and then had to like retreat with his tail between his legs. Like it's, it's not a good look. The other thing is like, I mean, someone like the rock doesn't have any allegiance to Ronda Rousey either, but I like, I don't understand like why Ronda would be like so inclined to like work with or defend Kurt. It just doesn't. And I also don't think Kurt versus triple H would be good at all. Cause I don't know that Kurt can go so much. anymore. Well, that was kind of my thinking like Ronda is she's new. So you right. kind of want to start her off in a slower paced match. And if yeah, you want totally. it to be slower paced, you put old people in yeah, it right. or like people who have had several neck injuries <laughs> or people who don't wrestle all the time. Like that'd yeah, be, I feel yeah. like that kind of be a good way to ease her into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if that ends up being what, what if that ends up being what happens, I won't be surprised at all. But I'm I'm still thinking it's going to be Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda and question mark. It kind of would have made sense, I guess, to put John Cena in there. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. Is like there's a lot of I I do feel like this would be a good spot for for John Cena. To but be let's like, let's let's talk about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's so, looking for his road to WrestleMania. Yeah, he couldn't find it on Raw. He he couldn't. He doesn't have Google Maps. He doesn't have doesn't have ways. <laughs> Uh, he's that doesn't use Apple Maps or anything like that. You know, he's just he's just lost out there in the wild. Trying he's to on the road again. Yeah, I mean, this has been um, basically John's whole thing since uh, the Royal Rumble. Is he's he's trying to figure out how he gets to WrestleMania, uh, but he doesn't. Every, every opportunity he gets to kind of secure his place uh, ends up sort of falling through. He didn't win the Royal Rumble. He didn't win the Elimination Chamber match to get you know become number one contender against Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then very bizarrely on Monday night, he came out and the first thing that he did, well, he talked about how, you know, he didn't know what he was going to do, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then he called out The Undertaker, yep. which there's a lot of speculation that it's going to be John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania, uh, only to immediately be like, but I've been told that that match isn't going to happen, which is just very, very weird. But why? But there was a reason that he did it. I don't, re- I don't remember what he said. It's because he's been so disappointed in himself and, like, he's been feeling this inner disappointment, like, he keeps building himself up. And so, to get the audience on board, he created this thing that they were excited about yeah. and then immediately dashed it so that they understood what disappointment <laughs> was. He literally <laughs> said that. Yeah. I think he also said something about, like, he doesn't make the matches, so he can't he can't make that decision. It was just this weird was existential, like, you need to learn a lesson in what yeah. disappointment... The disappointment that I feel needs to be your disappointment as well. Father for John's you to understand. trying to teach us a lesson once again. 
Um, yeah, so, so then he said he was going to take his talents to SmackDown because he is the the hottest free agent in WWE TM. Uh, and he then managed to insert himself into the fast the fast lane main event. He came out and he said that he wanted to be a part of the championship match, which to remind you all is is AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. Oh boy. And Shane said that if you can beat AJ Styles tonight, you can get into that match and make it a six-pack challenge. And sure enough, John Cena beat AJ Styles and now the fast lane main event is AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler versus John Cena. Let's talk about what it means to be a free agent. Okay, sure. Generally, this means that your contract has expired and you're good enough to say, I'm on the market, but I'm going to go wherever I want to go. Sure, sure. Or I, I, I am waiting to be signed to a team yeah. sort of thing. In John Cena's case, it means, well, I tried to be the best over here, but I couldn't do no, it. I couldn't do it. So I'm going to go over here and yeah. see if I could I could do a little better over there. John yeah. Cena is just like a sad old man wandering from fight to fight, <laughs> trying to, to trying to find an opponent he can actually beat. Yeah. That's not how that's supposed it's, to work. It's not how free agency works uh, really in any way. It doesn't mean you literally are free to go wherever you want and try to be the... Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's very... It's very strange. They need to sort of redefine what his role is. They just need to say that he's not like he's not on one brand or anything like that. Like he's, I yeah. don't, it's just weird. Anyway. He's, he's the guy who uh, just makes the ratings good. He's the guy that makes the ratings good. Yeah, and that's what a lot of the the sort of speculation is is that they're trying to get John Cena as a part of SmackDown because SmackDown's numbers have not been good lately, and they need to get more people interested in this fast lane pay per view, but. Uh, the, you know, the more complicated they make this thing, the less and less interest that I get personally. So. Yeah. Well, John Cena's on SmackDown now, apparently, so yeah. he's probably not going to partner with. I mean, there's still a chance that he'll partner with Ronda Rousey if he yeah. if I he mean, can't make it into the if he makes it into the fucking main event at he could show WrestleMania. up on Raw on Monday and it would be perfectly valid within the story that he's telling right now. Like yeah. he can just show up and do whatever the fuck he wants. It doesn't matter at all. None of this matters. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, I I don't think that he's going to face Ronda Rousey. I. Uh, my, yeah, you don't think it's going to be John Cena versus Ronda Rousey at, I don't on the greatest gonna, stage of them all? Right. Yeah, I don't think he's going to team with Ronda Rousey, though I do think that that is a good idea. Um, yeah, it, it looks like he's probably going to have... I mean, the speculation is that he's either going to have a one-on-one -on -one match with Undertaker or with Rey Mysterio, actually. The only other thing I can think of is that if he joins with Team Shane McMahon in this sort of six-man tag match that I've been... Oh, God. Thinking about pondering about which would be Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus, I'm thinking Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, and John Cena. Like maybe that that would make sense. Like there's a lot of stories you could tell about the sort of old guard versus the new guard. It's it's really dependent on Daniel Bryan not having brain problems yeah. though. Yeah, right. Well, and it also seems like Randy Orton is getting into a feud with uh, Bobby Roode, so I think he's no longer yeah. going to be a be a Shane McMahon little henchman, so to speak. So. So who knows? Uh, John Cena's road to WrestleMania is still a bunch of question marks, but it is going to... The next step in that road is going to be him losing a match at Fastlane to AJ Styles. So that's that's fun, I guess. I mean, the the only other thing that could happen is he wins, and then it's Shinsuke versus 
John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, but it's, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a marquee match. Like, Yeah, but everybody wants to see Shinsuke versus AJ. Yeah, I mean, the that's other just... the other thing that I think sucks about that is is this would be, if John wins at Fastlane, he, it, it becomes his 17th championship reign, which sets the record for most championship right. reigns. And do you I really forgot. want to set that record at WWE Fastlane, a, like, one-off pay-per-view in the middle of March on, like, on the way to WrestleMania? That Maybe if like... you're trying to get the ratings up and people jazz for WrestleMania. I mean, maybe it just doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a good look, in my humble opinion. I yeah, I don't know what they're gonna. I don't care what they're gonna do with yeah, this. Well, there's there's always that. I am interested in in what happened with the Miz this week though. Yeah, because yeah. he got his ass kicked twice. I mean, he cut a, a fucking killer promo. Okay, once again, I need to talk about this promo because the funniest fucking thing happened. <laughs> okay, this is the one that Kurt interrupted, right? Uh, yes, I think so. So, Sounds about so right. The Miz is cutting this excellent promo yeah. again about how he's the best, oh, yes, he's yes. carrying the show. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like fucking Zordon, <laughs> The Miz is, or Kurt Angle's big bald head shows up on the screen to impart wisdom on The Miz. Yeah. And the wisdom is about how he's going to get his ass kicked twice in this one yeah, show. Yeah. I think it was actually, it was, uh, so the Miz is cutting this promo, and he's talking about how Kurt says that like whoever he faces tonight could be his opponent at WrestleMania. And then Seth Rollins' music hits; they have a match. That match ends, and then Finn Balor comes out, and then Kurt appears it just picks in up his the on it thing, and he's like, "Yep, uh, you're gonna have another one. Uh, good luck, and see you later." <laughs> just the blue the the blue tube of light shows up yeah, in right. Kurt Angle's disembodied head. Is I've got a, I don't know. What I have on. a challenge for I you, have a Miz. Challenge for you. Did you ever see the Power Rangers movie, the live action one? Uh, they're all live action, but yeah, mm, the point. Secret good of the Ooze, that one. No, uh, that was a that was a turtle. That was a a Teenage Mutant movie. Ninja Turtles movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but yeah, the one with uh, but with the Ooze. Yeah, Ivan Ooze. Ivan Ooze. Was yeah, the, that was the bad guy. I just had the image of of you know when Zordon's little tube breaks and then he just becomes like he he's just like this old man that's laying in like a yeah. pile of crystals and the Power Rangers have to be like come and like save him or whatever. Yeah, he's this Kurt Angle or some shit. Yeah, it'd be really. I need to Photoshop Kurt Angle's head onto that body. <laughs> it's going to be my project for this week. I'm sure if you search Kurt Angle... Kurt okay, Angle's let Zordon. me do it. Kurt Angle Zordon, I'm sure this is... Here's a quick Google break for yeah, you. quick Google break. One of our patented Google breaks. Maybe not. This could be... This could be when we're... This could be our... our no, it exists. Original. Or, I can't actually what tell. What is No. This is... Yeah, this could be our one true pairing is Kurt Angle and Zordon. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. Uh, I don't... Here's the thing. I can't tell if these pictures are photoshops or if it's just a regular sword on because <laughs> Kurt Angle is just like a bald guy, and when you turn him blue, he kind of looks like this. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the, this, the... this could be where we go viral. <laughs> I keep waiting for us to go viral. Oh, One man. I have so many good jokes, but they, none of them... They don't land. Viral. How do you go viral? How do you go viral? That's going to be the, the, the new story of our... If anybody can tell us how to go podcast. viral, yeah, that'd be much appreciated. Wow, at WrestleMania 32, there was an Intercontinental Championship ladder match between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Sin Cara, The Miz, Stardust, and Zack Ryder. That's a lot of guys. Who won what that? A, what a team. Uh, I don't remember. I think it might have been... Oh, it was actually Zack Ryder. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. I don't even know who that is. WrestleMania moment. It was a big deal. Who's Zack Ryder? He's a guy. I know the name. Does he currently wrestle? 
yeah, he, he was so teamed bad. up. He was teamed up with Mojo Riley, Raleigh. Oh, that guy, little, right, that, right, right. Their little breakup. I forgot about that. Yeah. What were we talking about? The Miz. Oh, we were talking <laughs> about Zordon. Well, yeah, of course we were talking about Zordon. What are you googling over there? Uh, well, I googled uh, Kurt Angle Zordon, and that picture from that IC title match came up. Oh. So now I'm just looking at the WrestleMania 32 card. It was very interesting. Oh, my God. A lot okay. of weird things happened. What else happened this week, though, that we can talk about? Well, do you want to... I mean, The Miz had two great matches with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. They were great. He, he lost, lost both of them. Uh, which poor guy. Which does not really make him look super good or anything like that. No. But it seems like we're going to get some combination of The Miz, uh, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor at WrestleMania, whether that's a triple threat or maybe it's like a, you know, a, a, a ladder match or something like that. They've, they've done quite a few, like, big multi-person matches for the Intercontinental Championship in years, in, in, in recent years. Uh, they did it at WrestleMania 31. They did it at WrestleMania 32. Don't remember what they did last year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that again. So it could be that. It could just be a triple threat match. That could be a great match, though. I mean, all three of the, the like... Both of the one-on-one matches were great. Uh, we saw Finn and, and Seth uh, tag together at that house show that we went to a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good. They're all very, very talented wrestlers. So the oh. other thing is oh, I, I was ahead. watching go this. Go ahead. Hey, go ahead. Thank you. What do you have? Uh, I was watching I wanted this. to talk about the... Um, mm, interesting. What do you have? I was wa- I was watching this at uh, at Big Mario's Pizza. Shout out Big Mario's Pizza in oh, Queen cool. Anne. I went there for lunch today. Shout great out. Great job. Um, and uh, someone there was talking about the fact that I guess Maurice is due WrestleMania weekend. Oh, shit. So they were kind of speculating that maybe Miz is going to lose the belt ahead of WrestleMania. To his, to his unborn child? To his unborn child. <laughs> <laughs> the child will be born and immediately take the title, and Miz will have no choice but to, but to bow in respect. It'd be a true A-list move. That's, what, that, that's for sure. <laughs> From a true A-lister. The true A-lister. It'd be... Awesome. It would be awesome. Aw. Aw. It'd be awesome. awesome. Uh, what were you going to say? <laughs> you had a point to make. Were you done? Yeah, that's Oh, right. finally. Um, no, I was going to say, the, the house show that we went to, Yeah. it was the day before Elimination Chamber, and it was a raw house show, Yeah. and Elimination Chamber was a raw pay-per-view, yep. and I noticed that there were a lot of beats that were pretty similar. Yeah, like yeah. as like the matches that we saw at the house show were pretty much the same matches that we saw at Elimination Chamber. And as I was watching them, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the point where Bray Wyatt does like the Sister Abigail yeah, and then yeah. and then Matt like reverses it. And like that shit was happening and it was super weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think especially for those like matches that don't really mean anything, like they're just running back the same match over yeah. and over and over again. Oh, the know? but the big match between uh Nia Jax and um Asuka. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was a lot of like Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was it was strange. Um the ending was obvious. So when we saw it, um Naya was counted out of the ring. Oh yeah, that's right. And then obviously they're not going to like do that at elimination. Time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oscar actually won the match, but then Naya beat the crap out of her afterwards, which was that was rough. Move too. Uh, that's another instance of like I still feel like they're figuring out what the heck they're doing because like. Like, uh, they had the thing in an elimination chamber where Sasha Banks kind of turned on Bailey, and then they sort of followed that up the next night with Bailey kind of turning on Sasha, but they ca- they mostly, like, ignored all of the stuff that happened between Asuka and Nia Jax. Like, they were all in a, in a you know, a six-person tag match, and, like, you would think after the beating that, you know, Nia gave Asuka after the match, she drove her through the barricade and all that kind of stuff, they would have, like, some kind of, like, stare-down or altercation, but... 
just kind of ignored it. It was rough. Yeah. Didn't, like, Alexa didn't really have much to say to Asuka or anything like that. It was all, it was all very, very bizarre. I just feel like they've got, they've got no idea. They still haven't figured out what they're going to do. It's very strange. Oh, I can't figure it out, obviously. It's true. All right, let's talk about Roman Reigns for a little bit. Oh, God. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. Oh, he cut a very good promo. He did cut a very good promo. I mean, first he won the Elimination Chamber match. I guess we already kind of discussed that. So now he's going to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, they then spent... Is he going to win? Yes, is he, he going to be the Universal Champion? Yes, he is. Is that interesting? In a certain sense. What is. sense? All right, so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, I think that the story that they're telling leading up to this is actually pretty good. Basically, the crux of Roman's promo was that... Uh, Brock Lesnar sucks because he's a part-timer, because he doesn't show up week in and week out. He's only here for a contract. He doesn't respect the fans, yada, yada, yada. A lot of good storytelling beats and a lot of things that are, that are I think, very effective for trying to get Roman over in this instance. I think it's, it's a good look, and I'm glad that this is the story that they're going to tell. We've been building towards <laughs> Roman Reigns of becoming the the top guy in the company for years and years and years like this, the, the, we had this match at WrestleMania 31 and, uh, it was clear that it wasn't the time to do it. So Seth Rollins cashed in the money in the bank and they ended up going with that story. Three years later, we're here, we're back. It's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And it looks like it's finally time for Roman Reigns to win the championship and Brock Lesnar to disappear for a while. And I, I, I mean, I don't love the story that they've told, but I do think it's time for that. And I'm pretty ready for a WWE in which Brock Lesnar is not the champion that is not just looming off in the distance the entire time. I'm ready for the champion to be on Raw every week for and, the first time yeah. in a while. And that was the crux of Roman's promo, yeah. is that yeah. he'll if he has the title, he'll actually be around to defend it. Like, he won't like he's just like show campaigning. Up. Yeah, he's, right? He's like yeah. Trying, to, trying to win Vote voters Vote for over. me. Yeah. Vote for me as universal champ, and I promise to show up to the town hall meetings. I promise the... to actually show up to my job, which <laughs> is more than Brock. So. He's the Glenn Jacobs of the universal <laughs> title. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so... I, we, you, you texted me a photo earlier today, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, and it yeah. was a picture of... So Glenn Jacobs is the real name of Kane, Kane. the wrestler, mm-hmm. who and the photo that you sent me... It, Glenn Jacobs is currently running for mayor of whatever small or town that he lives in. in. Like Tennessee. And uh, the photo that you sent me was Glenn Jacobs as Kane sitting at a small table with like Glenn Jacobs signage behind him. Yeah. And yeah. then also Undertaker as just the guy. As not Undertaker yeah, yeah. sitting next to him in like what is clearly a weird come out and meet WWE yeah. superstars, The yeah. Undertaker and Kane, but not Glenn Jacobs, who is running for mayor, yeah, right. but in support of <laughs> Glenn Jacobs' campaign. Yeah, that is really funny. I didn't really think about that part of it. It was strange. No, it, you know, it had to be, because before, like, all of the all the marketing stuff that we've seen for this campaign has just been, like, Glenn Jacobs, like, with his family in, like, normal attire. Not How fucking crazy would it be if it was him in Kane attire with his normal family? <laughs> just a normal... It was, it's just been a normal fucking Right, it's been campaign. a normal campaign. But this one photo, the situation had to be... He calls Undertaker, yeah. and he says... What's his Undertaker's brother. first name? Mark Calloway. He calls Mark, and he says, Mark, I'm doing this promo. I really want to be mayor. Can you please come out? And Mark says okay, but I'm not going to wear the Undertaker gear. Sure. And Kane, or um, excuse me, Glenn Jacobs says, uh, all right, I guess I'll wear the Kane <laughs> stuff anyway. <laughs> and so rather than it being come meet superstars, Undertaker and Kane, it's come meet superstars, 
Mark and Kane. <laughs> and Kane. Yeah, it's very strange. I'm, I'm sure that the conversation was, uh, wait, you're not going to like kneel for the national anthem or anything, are you? Right. And then Mark was like, okay, I guess I'll come. It He's was, decided that in his ripe old age, he now wants to be more politically active for all the horrible viewpoints that he that he has about this world. Mark, you're Mark talking does, about. Yeah. I'm sure Glenn does as well. Yeah, I, I mean, Glenn is running as a fucking libertarian, so yeah, he's horrible. He looks like such an asshole in this he picture, does. though, dressed as Kane. Yeah, especially because he just has the mask on. He doesn't have like the, the rest of the costume. It's just like a regular shirt and then the fucking Kane mask. So oh God, what if he was wearing like a tux, like yeah. a like a oh full God. suit? Like I'm 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 Kane and I'm running. <laughs> I'm here. Kane and I approve this message. <laughs> Oh man, I really I want to see a campaign ad that's Kane, but at the end it says this message was paid for by the Glenn Jab- Jacobs for Mayor campaign or something. Do you think this went down as like whoever his campaign manager is like, all right, Glenn, we're gonna do this, but you need to just run as Glenn. You can't bring the WWE stuff into it. And Glenn was like, all right, I'm into this. Yep, Let's yep. do it. And they're recording the first commercial, and he's like. My name is uh, Glenn Jacobs, and I'm running for mayor of hell. Yeah. <laughs> and the campaign manager is just like, all right, I guess we got to. I guess, I guess, I guess we, we got to. It. It's this all is... you have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, I can't I, I can't remember if this is true or not, but I feel like he was running for an, a political position a little, like a couple of years ago in the last sort of election cycle, and I think he lost. So I wonder if he was just like, well, running as Glenn Jacobs didn't work. Guess I got to try out the No, I think shit. it's the same thing, because like when we... I, I saw a picture before we even started this show, and it was like, Happy Easter from the Jacobs family. Yeah. And it was fucking Glenn Jacobs for mayor. It's all been the same campaign. I, I guess it just seems like it's been going on for an extreme I guess long. I don't know when mayoral elections in Tennessee take place. <laughs> yeah, shockingly. <laughs> I, uh, shocking, I know. So anyway, Roman Reigns is going to win the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. It's the most foregone conclusion that there's ever been, but uh, like... I think the build could be good, and he'll be I, around exactly. And I and I'm and I'm pretty ready for a new era. And I think that that is, I think that is what they're hoping that most fans come around to is that like it, it it's pretty time for for there to be a changing of the guard. Like he's not he's not the guy I would choose to be the face of the company, but uh, he but he's going to be it. And I think it's just we kind of have to accept it. It's like they've hammered it into us for so long now that it's just like we finally just have to be like, all right, this is the situation that we're in. This is what we're going to have to deal with. And I mean. The other thing I always try and remind myself of is, like, this is one one match and one feud and one storyline of many matches, feuds, and storylines. You know, like, there's a lot of other stuff that is going on in the company that is very, very good. We're still going to, in all likelihood, get Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles, which is a great match. It seems like we're going to get another Usos New Day match, which was, which was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, a good promo That was week. a very, very good promo this week. Uh, we're going to get... Some we're gonna get the Miz and Rollins and Balor in some combination. That's fantastic. Like, Braun versus Elias is apparently probably it, yeah. Elias. Hopefully in like a guitar on a pole match or something like that. <laughs> well, Elias shot Braun in the face with a uh, fire extinguisher uh, this yes, week. Yes. A very fake fire extinguisher. Yeah, 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 it was very very good. Yeah, I think it'll probably end up being some kind of like extreme rules match or something like that, where they just get to like beat the shit out of each other and Braun with stuff. Put Elias through like eight tables or something like that. Oh, that'd be fun. It'd be great. What if he just, like, stacks eight tables up on top of each other and then just, like... And then Braun literally kills Elias. Just hurls him into the sky and he goes <laughs> crashing down through all of them. Be fantastic. What if we literally saw Elias die, is what you're asking I'd me. be sad. I'd really I'd like be Elias. Very sad. I like Elias a lot, too. It's, it's been great. I'd walk with Elias. I'd walk with Elias. Where to, though? I think to the end of this show. <laughs> you know when there was only one set of footprints, that's when Elias was walking with you. <laughs> When it was too... 
It's two sets when you're walking with Elias, but when <laughs> one it's set when he's walking with, with you. you. <laughs> at the end of my life, I show up at the pearly gates and I see Elias standing there and I go, Elias, when was that time that you abandoned me? And he says, no, no, no. That was not when I abandoned you. That was when I was walking with you <laughs> and I had to carry you. Something like that. I don't know. I forget exactly how this It's when he set forward. his guitar down to mm, carry you. To carry you. Wow. True. That's, that's What a guy. What a guy. Oh, what a man. What a show. What a, what a show. All right. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, as always, you can connect with us on the internet. You can follow us on Twitter at BlindTagCast. You can find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash BlindTagCast. And you can also find us at our website, BlindTagCast.com. You can send us emails. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a rating or a review. We certainly appreciate when you do that. Uh, we want to thank Small Parks for letting us use their song, Restless, as our internet music. Really, really appreciate that. And uh, with that, my name is Matt Raddick, and I have been your face. Uh, my name is Ron, and I've been your heel. All right. Thanks very much, and happy Rusev Day. Because you're falling in love when you shouldn't be, and you're right.